Hello and welcome to my Caravan Industry Insights podcast. This podcast is for anyone working in the caravan industry, whether you're from a manufacturer, supplier or dealer here in the UK or elsewhere. So listen every week to hear insights, interviews and marketing tips to help keep you and your business more informed and successful. I'm John Rawlings, a journalist and communications expert with a lifelong passion for caravanning and 20 plus years PR and events experience in the car and caravan industries. From starting in the editorial team at Practical Caravan Magazine to working in the press offices at Vauxhall, Volvo and Volkswagen and now in my own business specialising in the caravan industry. So this week I'm looking at the sector for awnings, tents and accessories with the help of Daniel Walton, the founder and MD of Allpro. Daniel's worked in the sector for 25 years and has been a senior director in three companies Toshaw, uh, Outdoor Revolution, Discover Leisure, and finally Maypole. In 2011, he established his own company, Old Pro, which designs, makes, sells, and wholesales camping, caravan, and campervan equipment, and lots more. Old Pro is now an award-winning company, including national awards for social media and e-commerce, such as being voted runner-up in the British Chamber of Commerce e-commerce site of the year in 2019. In 2001, Old Pro won a Queen's Award for export, which is fantastic. And last year, the FSB Award for Best International Company Selling Abroad. Olpro now has two sites in the UK and employs 20 people. It's encouraging apprentices to join the businesses and has also just completed its B Corp certification. Certific- I can't say that. Certification. Yeah, that's it. Daniel says his focus has always been on creating a business that's adaptable, innovative and socially conscious. In 12 years, he's done that and has just taken on board investment to take on the next stage of growth. So... Hello, Daniel. That's quite an impressive introduction. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, good. It sounds good, doesn't it? That's, yeah. That's, yeah, 12 years of hard work, but it's we're getting there. I think that's our company motto is we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> it does sound like a lot a lot of hard work. Well, I didn't know what B Corp certification is, though, apart from not being able to say certification very well. Yeah, no. So what that is, is obviously, it, it, you know, one, one big thing for us as a business is to be sustainable, whether that be environmentally or whether that be working alongside other local businesses. And what B Corp does is a measure of that certification. The, the big player, the, the, the company that introduced us to this was Patagonia. So oh, yeah. Patagonia are obviously very, very environmentally friendly, very on the ball with this kind of thing. Yeah. We looked at what they were doing. And as soon as we started this certification, which has taken us about a year and a half to go through, wow. we noticed that a lot of other businesses are doing it as well. So it's it's a good thing to have as a business. And I think good for customers to kind of look at us and say that we are genuinely taking this serious now. Yeah, but I mean, notice on your website that there's this it's plastered with certifications for this, that, and the other, and all your well, your awards along the way. So you're obviously very committed to all that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's nice for us to kind of know that internally we're doing things, but actually, if you could get a mark to say that mm. you know, not only are you doing it, but also you're kind of being audited on it as well, mm. it certainly keeps you on your toes. And, and these things are all a movable feast, aren't they? So, in terms of you know certification around sustainability, those things move along every year. Mm-hmm. It's my support that an external company are, are keeping us on its toes with, with so, us. So, are you actively going out looking for for awards and accreditation? In- to sort of enter and get on your yeah yeah uh, we've got a, yeah we've got a cabinet that we need to fill so, <laughs> yeah yeah no our, our marketing team are active in kind of making sure that we enter awards it's nice I mean it's nice not just to have them on the website and have the awards in the cabinet but it's also great for the staff yeah Obviously, yeah there are awards around customer services which we're very good at there are awards around 
you know, generally e-commerce and social media, which we're very good at. And, and it's sort of really good for the teams that they're I winning awards. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting to go to, you know, I, I very rarely go to them now. It tends to be manager <laughs> of that department. And, you know, they get to enjoy it, which is really good. Oh, that's cool. So, I mean, you have to actively look for these things. They don't come to you necessarily, do they? No, 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 no. no. You, I, th I think if they come to you, you tend to worry, actually. They tend to be the ones we have to pay to enter. So <laughs> that's true. Very wary of those. Yeah. Yes, I did one of those yeah. once. And I was I was shortlisted for an award. I was really chuffed. And then they said uh, I, there was an opportunity in the award ceremony. And it was like £250 a ticket. And I thought, oh, so you shortlisted yeah. me in order to raise some revenue. Disappointing. Never mind. <laughs> so tell me about your uh, background. I got a bit confused there. Toshaw, did Toshaw become Outdoor Revolution? Or are those the three people you moved between? No, so it, what it was is I was never a director at Toshua. So I was uh, I was uh, a director at Outdoor Revolution at Discover Leisure and at Maypole, but uh, not uh, at Toshua. So okay. yes, I so, so so when I left the university, I, I went to work for lastminute.com. So nothing to do with this industry, but all to do with travel. Right. Uh, interestingly, I spent a lot of time at last minute trying to get people to leave the country and not think about camping. And then <laughs> As soon as I left there and went to Tosha, I was like, you know, don't get on a plane. <laughs> country and enjoy camping. Yeah, I'm from Sheffield, so Tosha is, you know, the mammoth company that, you know, alongside obviously CCC, which became Go Outdoors in Sheffield. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, I was very lucky to, to obviously grow up in Sheffield, you know, right there to the Peak District. My, my, oh, uncle, yes. my uncle owned a climbing shop, a skiing and climbing shop, so... I was kind of around all this stuff pretty early on, I would say. Right, big influence on you. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And then Tosha was this company that I was aware of and got to work there, opened up the shop down in Southampton, the one at Birmingham as well. Mm -hmm. That was kind of my entry into, into retail, really, I would say. Well, okay. Re really enjoyable time. And then from there, I moved on to Blue Diamond, which is, most people know, is Outdoor Revolution. Oh, uh, Okay. We obviously now make a lot of tents and awnings. Yeah. I was involved with working with, it was a very small team at the time, mm -hmm. but working there on obviously designing with the team and going out and selling it. It was my first sales job, so my first time out on the road. And the first time I got to see a lot of the retailers as well, which was interesting. And so I've got to experience the industry on a much wider scale. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then my next move was to Discover Legend. And many people will remember Discover, but probably not in a great way. But, but for me, it was a really, it was a really enjoyable time. It was a good place to work. I got to meet lots of people, lots of people who are now very good friends. But obviously Discover Legend didn't do a great deal of good for the industry. That they bought <clears throat> the old Barons sites, mm -hmm. the old Barons, Caravellers, Mendip, and and the outdoor group as well, which kind of, you know, was Tyneside, Caravans and Anson Dorset. And I think at our kind of peak of those two years that I was there, we had 16, 17 branches wow. all selling caravans. And I was just in charge of the buying for the retail store. So I looked after the managers right. there. Right. I looked after the, the buying. So again, it was an amazing experience for me. I was mm -hmm. very lucky, really. But to discover leisure wasn't long for this world yeah. for whatever reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then finally, we've got to Maypole. So Maypole, again, a great business, you know, good family-run business, been there since the 60s. We'll be there for many, many more years, I'm sure. Really concentrating on making the bits of metal that go between cars and caravans, mm -hmm. any kind of associated electric, you know, electrical bits and pieces around that. Mm -hmm. so for me, it was it was a good move at the time as, from a career perspective, particularly mm -hmm. because Discover was going where it was going, but actually it wasn't <laughs> what I wanted to do. You know, right. I've always been more interested in, in designing and making canvas and being in that world. And after a couple of years at Maypole, and kind of realising that what we were talking about every week was, you know, wiring harnesses and 
toe balls and things. I just thought this this isn't for me. And I I also think as well, John. To be fair, I think you get to a point where you think, you know, I, I'm not a very good employee. You know, I sort of I've got my own ideas. And I want to go and do my own thing. And right. I spent a lot of time doodling. <laughs> and I suddenly thought, actually, I think this doodling is kind of going to lead to something. You know, uh-huh. something of, of my own. So that yeah. was it. that was where All Pro was born. I think off the back of that. Yeah, yeah, so I can see why you why you wanted to start. What, how did you get the name? It stands for something, doesn't it? Oh, uh, it does. Yeah. Leisure products. Outdoor does, leisure yeah. products. Am I right? Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Brownie points on. for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was told by somebody. I can't cause I remember who now, but you should take what you do and concertina it into the smallest possible word you can, uh-huh. and that's what we did. So it makes a new word, and yeah. obviously from a IP perspective, it's good because you're not likely to fall foul of you know copied anybody else's name yeah so it was something that was available from us from a web domain point of view which in yeah 2011 was obviously becoming very important yeah it's really it's a nice short for urls and web addresses isn't it having started a company called rawlings communications which is far too long another time i would take your advice and go for something really short and brief <laughs> yes. but, but how did you get started then into, into a market with such big well-established brands yeah, no, it was uh, it was daunting in high hindsight. Sorry, I think I think back then, as soon as you decide you're going to leave a business, and you know, lots of us have done it, and I know this is you know, most people will felt exactly the same as this. You've got that kind of bravado of, you know, what could possibly go wrong? I've been involved in this industry at this point for eleven years. I know lots of people. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be lots of support out there, and and this is going to be great. You know, before long, you know, I'm going to have this huge company and be really successful. You know what? What happened was not like that whatsoever, you know, like, like, you know, I spent probably about three or four years just, like I say, looking at Excel, picking up the phone, trying to talk to people, not talking to very many people, to be fair, not many people really wanted to talk to us, were very interested in right. doing back in, back in the beginning. But I had one real kind of stroke of luck, I guess, in that when I was at Maypole, we'd worked with a company called Ferrari Piston Services, FPS, and, and they were a distributor for Maypole. And they were interested in getting into the outdoor leisure world and, and sort of selling camping equipment. So they approached me when we first started and said, look, we'd love to distribute your products for you. So immediately we had a we had a distributor who went right. all the things off. Of, you know, we, we were bringing them in and we were designing them, bringing them in, selling them to FPS and they were distributing them for us. So we had a, we had somebody that was taking the product and selling it, which was great. You know, and without that start, I think it would have been very, very difficult because mm-hmm. the... As you say, John, you know, market was very crowded. Mm. I mean, interestingly, we, we we really found this, I would say, around 2015, the number of outdoor leisure shops and, you know, people selling camping equipment was on was on the on the demise. You know, there were less and less of them out there. All right. I, I always remember being at Outdoor Revolution and going to places like Warrington and I'd spent three or four days there, you know, there were that many camping shops. Oh, right, right. Uh, whereas by 2015, you know, lots of these places were closing down. Uh-huh. A lot of people have moved online. Obviously, that's when it oh, kind of really moved to. Yeah. Obviously, big multinational brands, you know, with stores, you know, really good shops like Go Outdoors and, and places like that were opening up, you know, further afield. Mm-hmm. But that was affecting smaller independents. Uh, so yeah. it, it meant the number of people we had the opportunity to sell to was diminishing. At the same time, that, you know, other big brands that, I guess to some degree we would compete with the you know, the likes of Van Gogh and Outwell and Coleman and stuff. 
you know, we're doing really good stuff. So, you know, it was difficult for us to mm. put brand next to theirs in, mm. in a few shops. So, yeah, so it was, it, it was difficult. And definitely from my point of view, I think I'd kind of missed that point when we first said it. <laughs> was there, what, what I think it's in Dragon's Den, they always say, you know, a product should be launched to kind of solve a problem. And I think as a brand, the UK wasn't necessarily looking for another camping brand at the time. Yeah. And, and like I say, retail was changing, but I think that changed for us over those first few years because what we allowed ourselves to do is just become really innovative and look at, you know, different types of products and do them in different ways. And I think that kind of initial hardship and difficulty, you know, sort of stood us in really good stead later on. So, right. so how have you made yourself stand out? Yeah, so, I mean, two ways, really, in that. One is kind of from an aesthetic point of view to make sure the product looks different, and it mm-hmm. certainly does. You know, we've got we've got a palette of colours within All Pro, which I think are very uniquely ours in terms of what we put together. And mm-hmm. that means that when you put an All Pro tent or a camper van on at a festival or in a, you know, or a campsite, it's, it, people can see it's different to what else is already out there. And that's, yes. that's something that's kind of baked into our design process now that as we're developing new product, you know, we don't sort of hit go on it until we're certain that it's going to stand out against other products. Right. And then also just obviously making sure the product that we design is different, that has different features to it. And, and the way that we do that is is pretty simple, really. We talk to customers. We spend a lot of time mm-hmm. listening to people that would buy our product and do buy our product. So we have we have a really good show presence. We attend a lot of particularly VW shows and VW events, and we stand in fields talking to people, and, and more importantly, listening to them and kind of, you know, yeah. so you bought into All Pro before, you know, what did you like about what we did? What what could we do better? Yeah. Um, what are you using your product for? Because obviously, oh, yeah. boardings and tents in very different ways, in, in very different circumstances, and, you know, what would make things, you know, life easier for you and, and product better? And then online, you know, there's no greater place in many ways to kind of learn from people online. You know, there's there's obviously places where people will go and talk about us, you know, in a non-controlled environment if you want to, for so they'll do reviews about our product. We collect all that information and utilize it. But then we also have our own group as well, All Pro Everywhere on Facebook, where we invite people to join that and have open discussions about, about product. And then when we're developing new lines, we tend to go there or, or, or we'll, we'll sort of talk to our ambassadors that we utilize as well and sort of say to them, look, we're looking at this product. Do you want to test it for us and get feedback from that? So very much it's kind of like an open design process where we're talking to customers and what to learn from them. And, and I think I think through all of that, you know, that, that creates, you know, very innovative products, you know, in, in a way that people actually want as well. It's not just innovation for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. So you're close to the market. You've certainly done your fair share, as you say, of standing in fields. I've seen you at a few regional shows. Do you still do all the, all the Warners shows? Not so much anymore. I think we, we we gravitated more towards the camper van side of things rather than the motorhome side. So we have some key motorhome products, and it might be that we that we venture back to towards Warners. But there are so many. I mean, you look at any VW calendar, there are three or four shows every weekend. So, oh, yeah, yeah, every weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so getting around those and, and speaking to to different people at the... We sort of found we, we were doing a lot in the Midlands and a lot in the Southwest. And in a really good way, we were seeing the same people. So we're trying to sort of, you know, make, sort of cast our net a little bit wider and we're doing a lot more up north. We're, we're going down to the southeast a lot more as well. So mm-hmm. we've got mm-hmm. more to do, but, you know, no doubt we'll be at Peterborough or, 
you know, well, what those are the ones before too long ago. Mm-hmm. So that's a key part of your marketing strategy is, is going, is just getting yourself out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's, you know, there has definitely been this big push to everybody to move online. You know, as I was saying before, lots of mm-hmm. people did it, you know, sort of between 2010 and 2015. And we saw a big drive towards people either selling on marketplaces like Amazon and eBay or selling it with their own website. And obviously we do the same, you know, our product is available through our through our website. But I think it's too easy just to do that. I think you've still got to have a physical presence of some kind where people can see product, you can talk to people. And there's also, it, it helps to build trust as well. The fact that, you know, you're not a faceless organization or a faceless yeah. company yeah. that aren't Particularly, um, particularly as a relatively new brand. I mean, I know you're quite established now, but at the beginning that must've been really important. Yeah, massively. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, thinking about shows and the way they've changed. So you know, take the ABC, where obviously we 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 were there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Take the big outdoor shows that we go to. You know, I remember the first time doing those, and people would always question who we were and where we sure. were from. And obviously, having a an ambiguous name like Old Pro, you know, kind of. I think people kind of quite, have you come from somewhere else? Did you used to do something else? You know, are you not a pin brand or yeah or whatever? And, but nowadays we go to a lot of these shows and people immediately know who we are, which is yeah. a, which is a great trust building thing. And yeah, yeah. people will recognise certain members of the team. You know, oh, they'll, wow. they'll have met them at events or see them on videos and things. Which that's nice. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, really good. Yeah, you spread the word successfully, and that's all through your marketing. And what what sort of a PR have you done as well? Uh, PR is really important to us. I think mm. just you know, there's there's no point doing something and not telling people about it. You know, mm. whether it be winning an award, whether it, you know, we've just taken on some investment, you know, for example. So getting to, you know, inform people about that and what that means for us as a business, mm-hmm. you know, doing things like the events that we do, you know, anything that we do, you know, we will, we will sort of PR the hell out of it <laughs> to make sure that people are very aware of, uh, of what we're up to. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> well, I think also, well, John, it's not a, it's an industry where I think a lot does happen. But actually, when you read a lot of the magazines, you know, no disrespect to them, they all try their hardest. But sometimes it's very often just the same news. You know, so and so releases a new product. Yeah, you know, that that's great. But actually, we want to know what other people are doing and sort of, you know, how people are utilising things in certain ways. I think that's a, a positive thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, how has? Oh, so first of all, how was the NEC for you? Obviously successful. Are you noticing any particular trends? There's obviously been a big rise in the number of camper vans, and the February show in particular has has big focus on camper vans, doesn't it, and outdoorsy stuff? It was very good. I think that what I think the NEC has got a really interesting point now, in the sense that obviously it's always a busy show. You know, there is no doubt that mm. people, whether it be the February or the October one, it sells mm-hmm. out. I think that. It's got quite an interesting juncture in the sense of I get, you know, we go there, we show camper van awnings. So we are probably appealing to, you know, 110,000 people that come through the door. We're probably appealing to 10% of those people, maybe a little bit more than that. Because a lot of those people that are going there are caravaners. And traditionally, that show has been, obviously, it used to be the boat show as well, didn't it? Yeah, it did, yeah. But, the, but, the, but there's a lot of caravaners go to that show. And my sense is, and I may be wrong on this, that I think caravanners might be a little bit more prepped about that show. So they're booking early, they're getting tickets. And I've spoken to, within our circle of people that we deal with, spoken to a lot of campers that would love to go to the show, but it's always sold out before they get to get tickets to. Oh, uh, really? So well, I wonder whether there needs to be a bit of diversification there in terms of shows or, you know. That's interesting. To, to try and get more people. Because the show itself is great. There are lots of 
lots more tents there now than there's ever been. There's lots mm. more caravans there. There's lots more there for people to do. But I think that it's kind of almost oversubscribed to some degree. In, mm, interesting. In terms of the show, which I think is a very positive thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think also as well, if you're new to this world and suddenly you think, okay, there's a caravan show on, I'll, I'll get tickets on the door or I'll buy them near the time. You know, without knowing that it's something that always sells out. Yeah, that's lots, true. Lots of people are missing out on that. On that that's show. true, and that's quite been quite a recent change, hasn't it? So yeah, people yeah. did used to just turn up, and yeah. there was, I guess the numbers used to be pretty unlimited. It must have been. I never remember there being a limit anyway, but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Good, I'm good. It was, it was certainly busy. So what what was selling best? Is, is there a particular any trends at the moment? So for us, obviously, we, we've got campfire audience there, and it's pretty much always the same in the sense that we'll maybe show four or five products, mm -hmm. and the two best-selling ones will always be the biggest and the smallest. All right. So in terms of campfire owners and, and why they use awnings, you know, very often it could be, you know, they're away for a weekend or they're away at an event, and they want something that they can sleep in and utilise. So our cocoon, which is our biggest campfire order that we had on display at the NEC. Yeah. That that was there. Lots of people really buy into that. And then you've also got people that are they're going to they're going to pop up somewhere for a night. You know, they just want to stay up. You know, that they just want something to put tables and chairs in, for example. So the Uno, which is the smallest camper van order, people will go for that as well. And then you get lots of people who will buy the two because obviously they want something for uh -huh. kind of pay, something for shorter stays. Yeah. No. So yeah, it, it tends to be. That people gravitate towards the biggest or the smallest, which we tend to find. Funny. Yeah, I'm just looking at your website. I like to see the cocoon. I like the orange or the blue, orange and blue. That's cool. Which, when you should say that, because at the moment we are fully out of stock of all orange, it's all oh, yeah. next month. Is it? So it was the first stand that we've ever had where we had no orange on it. That was one of the most asked questions. You know, where is orange? Look, so yeah, it's and, and yeah, loads of people say to us, and, and you know. People that are particularly looking for an orange order will come to us and say, oh, I bet you don't sell very many of those, do you? <laughs> always our most popular stuff. We, and, yeah, you know, other brands do really good stuff, but for us, people come to us because it's different and it stands out. And that's, you know, the reason why I think orange does sell so well. Yeah, you, you seem to use orange quite a lot in, in various awnings I can see here. Yeah, yeah, very much. So you've not gone into the caravan awning side of things much. You've got porch awnings, or yeah, we, we, we've got we've got a few. So we did the. Yeah. To be fair, actually, again, when we when we started doing a few caravan awnings, we said, you know, if we're going to do something that stands out, if it's different, if it's you know different to the good stuff that's out there, and so we did it, and we always sell out. We sell out very very quickly. So we've got the view, which we do two sizes. And then we've got the view lights, which are the porches. And Good name. The, yeah, the view lights mm. are new this year. The views are a, a product that we've done now for about four or five years. We just never keep it in stock. Whenever we bring it in, it sells out. And it's wow. it's, it's a really adaptable caravan awning that people, you know, it, it, it's all in one. So you get the awning, you get the porch with it. You can take the side porch off or leave it on. Uh, okay. It's a really nice product. But yeah, again, yeah. something that we want to create and not be like everybody else. Cool. And I like the sun canopies as well. Yeah, yeah. Again, we get lots of people coming to us saying, "Oh, you know, do you do some canopies without the little tassels on the on the sides of them?" And we're like, "No, no, because that's what we do." Because <laughs> I lots there are lots of canopies out there without those on, but we do those and we, and we stand out. And we're very happy to be different to other people. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> so the last couple of years probably been a bit challenging for you, I expect, but with COVID, etc., uh, and Brexit, I suppose. How how's that all? gone for you and how have you adapted i think i've learned 
really one thing over the last few years, and that is that just never, you know, never expect things to be normal or to be straight or to be as you plan. So like any business, you know, we've got, you know, five-year plans and, you know, we've got everything set out for the next year. What we tend to do, just expect that things aren't going to work out like that anymore. Yeah. Something will come along and sort of drop right. out. And obviously the, the big thing, the big things over the last few years were obviously the country choosing to, you know, vote to leave the EU, which was, you know, for any, for most businesses, you know, unless you're James Dyson, people are going to say it was a very bad idea. And it really did affect us in a, in a really negative way. Yeah. That happened at the beginning of 2020. And then straight off the back of that, we had COVID. Mm. You know, at the time that, that COVID came to be, and I remember the last NEC that we had in 2020, February 2020, where yeah. all it was a discussion about how it would affect things in China. And yeah, at yes. that time, we weren't really thinking about how it could potentially affect the UK. I think Italy was starting to get cases. Yes, it was, yeah. That was their and, first, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think at that point, it was like, oh, well, we might not be able to travel to Europe for a bit. And, you know, mm. and then, you know, I do remember being in the car just after work and, and Boris and Rishi talking about, we're going to close down pubs first and then we're going to close down businesses. And for us, it was, you know, we got to that point where you're allowed out for 30 minutes of the day yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and everybody everybody took up running for 30 minutes didn't every day <laughs> and at, at that time we you know we had I think six containers on the water heading towards us all containing mm. tents and camper van audience which obviously you could only use if you could go outside for longer than 30 minutes <laughs> so we were at that time it was like yeah yeah we're very nervous about this but i think we'd also were very conscious of the fact that at some point this wasn't going to last forever you know, and at some point it was going to be this huge burst back onto campsites and, and back outside. And people actually were going to be, I think, more appreciative of, of, you know, the great British outdoors than ever before. And we ran, I look back at it now with a lot of fondness, really. We ran some really good campaigns around, you know, reminding people what we were missing, you know, and, and talking about, you know, how great things were going to be once we got back outside. And we stopped trying to sell to people. It was absolutely sort of three months of us thinking about people's well-being and mindfulness and, and talking a lot about that and, you know, how great just utilising that time outside. If you had a garden, mm -hmm. you know, do that. We worked with a couple of organisations that were supporting people camping outdoors. You know, again, not to sell to people, but just mm -hmm. promote that as best we could. We, you know, we gave some big discounts through kind of blue lights. So obviously, people working with the NHS. So oh, yeah. Through that time, obviously having a, an horrendous time of it. Yeah, and we just did all that we could that we thought was right at the time, and I think we we pretty much got it right as a business. I think the industry as a whole did a really good job through COVID, mm -hmm. and the, of you know of supporting each other and of you know kind of making sure that people were aware again that it was July the fourth, wasn't it, that campsites reopened in twenty twenty. I can't remember the date, but yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I think it was hatched on my brain at the time. <laughs> But yeah, and I, I remember uh, myself going away that summer and actually finding it hard to find a campsite and ended up camping in a field that had been christened as a campsite and then just got <laughs> losing there. <laughs> yeah, it was. A, it ended up being a really good summer. It was obviously a really hot summer as well that we had. Yeah, I mean, the industry as a whole has benefited, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think anyone expected it to carry on at that, at that degree because people are going abroad again now. But I mean, it certainly made people appreciate the UK and staycations and just the outdoors much more, didn't it? Yeah, we had a lot, we had genuinely lots of people ringing us. I mean, our phone had never been so hot. And obviously, really? our email and our online chat, 
and, and the number of new people to to this world, you know, to, I, I always remember what really sticks to my mind is a guy who was in his 70s, I think he was in the late 70s, ringing up and saying, I'm buying a tent for the first time. Gosh. What, what else do I need to buy? And have you got any advice for me? You know, right. and it, it was things like that where you think, yeah, there were lots of people out there doing this for the first time. And you, you hope. And I think there's definitely evidence of this. You know, we've, we've continued to be busier every year post-COVID. Mm -hmm. So I, I think there's definitely clear evidence that there are people that did this during COVID that have continued to do it. Mm -hmm. and, and hopefully will continue to do so. And you look at your know, world we're heavily involved in, which is camper vans, you know, the cost of camper vans went through the roof. Yeah. obviously demand yeah. and that's not subsided as yet it slowly is doing but there is still a big demand on converting camper vans and you know so I think you know I, I think we have benefited as an industry and I, I wouldn't wish you know a pandemic on us again <laughs> in, in order to benefit <laughs> I think we definitely yeah. have benefit off the back of it in terms of people you know getting to go outside again and seeing you know what the British outdoors has got to offer which yeah, is yeah no, and it is fantastic and you I mean you with your focus on camper vans I mean that's the sector of the market that's been particularly strong hasn't it and most yeah. homes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think because it's so multifaceted, isn't it? You get yeah. you get people that will go and buy a brand new California and, you know, spend lots of time doing that. And I know, I know you get to go to Dusseldorf most years and see mm. all the stuff over there being launched. some great stuff, some great mm. adventures in the electric side of things now. As well. But you also get people who've got an old works transit van. Yeah, yeah. I tell them <laughs> that. That's great, you know. Yeah. Get outside and you know and utilize what they've got to do. So and mm -hmm. you see some amazing conversions. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, so I think it's it, it's a difficult one to gauge. And it's you know it it's relatively simple to get you know caravan sales figures. You know it's a little bit harder to get tent sales figures. Camper vans are almost impossible because of the number of different types of vehicles that are out on the road. Yeah. Uh, we get loads of people coming to us, particularly at shows or online, saying to us, you know, I've got this, you know, I've, got, I've got a big car, or I've got an SUV, and I want to put an awning on the side of it. Uh, okay. And, and again, this kind of that side of the market as well, you yeah. know, just utilising what they've got to get outdoors. Yeah, the whole van life thing as well, with lots of van conversions going on, aren't there? Yeah, 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 but very much so, yeah. yeah. Cool. And how, so tell me about sustainability. How, how do you, is that important to your customers as well these days and environmental awareness? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I, I once got told at an event I went to that if you go on booking.com to book a hotel, mm. they've now got an option, a little tick thing where it only shows sustainable hotels. 20% oh. of their customers are now clicking on that box, you know, right. it's, and it's a growing number. Yeah. I think now, you know, we offer, you know, on our website, we've got free delivery, we've got price comparison, we've got easy returns. You know, I, I think customers look at sustainability in the same way they look at that, those things now. They they look at business and they'll say, look, okay, if I buy this and I have an issue, kind of speak to somebody, kind of send it back, you know, all those kind of, is it free delivery? You know, are they sustainable? Are they conscious of what they're doing to the environment mm -hmm. and also to what they're doing locally? And are we... You know, we, we're, we've just gone through B Corp accreditation to kind of audit what we do on that side of things, just to make sure that what we're doing in terms of, you know, our green credentials, but also our sustainability as a business are really, really important. Good. Good for you. That's really good to hear, actually. I think that's about all my, my questions that I'd thought of in advance. Anything else you particularly wanted to add? No, nothing. I don't. Uh, on the serious side of things, I don't think they Probably all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go on to some fun questions then. So I know you've done a lot of camping, but if you could take, I suppose, a tent, caravan, or camper van anywhere in the world, where would you like to go? 
the one country I've never been, well, there's lots of countries I've never been to, but the one I think about a lot is Japan. And, oh, wow. Uh, I would love, and it's it's great camping nation as well. I'd, I'd love to mm. take a camping van around Japan. Mm. You know, it's, just you just stop and start. So good. They have their own RV show over there, don't they? You should go and check that out. Really? That's yeah. an excuse to get over Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Business yeah. trip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe the infrastructure is growing quite quickly there and, and China. So, yeah, definitely, you've definitely got to get yourself over there, Daniel. Yeah. So, ca- caravan, campervan or motorhome, which is which would be your your favourite for the dream trip? I think I can guess this. Yeah, this is a really <laughs> obvious answer. It, it, is, it is campervan. It's weird, actually. I think with campervans, I don't think I really got into them until about sort of 10-ish years ago. And... No, I wouldn't do anything else. I just think the convenience of oh, it. Yeah. You've, you've had a caravan there, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, plenty yeah. of caravans in the past. Yeah. Obviously, you used my borrowed my used my arms before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm probably not the best parker in the world. So <laughs> motorhomes do. I'm a little bit fearful of motorhomes sometimes. Oh, really? Likewise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you fit all your kids into into a camper van? I said you've got oh, you've got tents, haven't you, and awnings? Yeah. So, yeah. so all, awnings. <laughs> are good. But yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, the number of times I've been away, you know, five people in a camper van, absolutely fine. No issue. Right. Uh, yeah, all right. good. It sounds a bit cosy, but uh, especially as, as, as they're growing. So if you had a magic wand and could make one wish for the caravan industry as a whole, what would it be? Oh, dear. So I would say, and I think COVID almost did this to some degree as a yeah. kind of positive offshoot. That's to make sure that everybody tried camping once in their life. Right. I think, I think if, if it was almost like national service, like you got to an age and you had to go on a camping or a caravan trip. Yeah. Because uh, I... Obviously, I meet lots of people, you know, day to day who say to me, yeah. what do you do? And I say, okay, I work for a company, we make tents. And they say, oh, I'd, I'd never go camping. <laughs> I, I like, you know, I like my hair straight and, you know, comment <laughs> like that. And, and I always end up saying to them, look, if you just tried it once, you never know. You mm. might really, really love. I mean, mm. to me, there is, there is no better sound. So long as it's not the day that you're packing up and moving on, there's no better sound than hearing rain on a tent or rain on canvas in mm. a morning. There's that sound. It's just so cozy. Or, you know, sitting in a tent or in a camper van, you know, watching a film, you mm-hmm. know, eating your tea. I think it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. such a good life. And yeah, mm-hmm. lots of people out there that never get to experience that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Do you camp all year round then? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. I was in Betsy Cowie in November. Oh, uh, well. I, was, I was in a camper van, but doing some walking, sort of spent nice. there. Yeah. Four days, just obviously you know, out in the day and then. Yeah, on the site and even then it was great amazing. yeah yeah i'm going up there in the summer actually looking forward to that yeah mm. great just an amazing place to be isn't it mm. yeah well i've not really been once very very briefly but the family haven't been although well, actually my daughter's going on a geography field trip then uh, <laughs> next week i think so my last question which is one of my favorites is if you could invite three famous guests dead or alive to a barbecue on a campsite who would you choose and I was expecting some interesting answers from you, Daniel, because I know you're very politically. I'm expecting a politician amongst your three. Do, do you know what? I was really close to a politician on this. I have thought, <laughs> and I, I was really thinking, okay, of all politicians who would have put in, but I'm going to I'm going to move away from that. Ah. I'm going to go for it. Because I was thinking, okay, so on a campsite, you're around a campfire, what do you want? So you want yeah. all that. I think funny. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. And I, I was also thinking music as well. Lots of people come up with music. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to say, like so interested in conversation. Mm. I, I love what he does. I've never had a chance to meet him in person. I'd say Darren Brown would be my first one. Oh, yeah. I think it'd be a really interesting conversation with him. My second one, I was thinking, rather campfire, 
what you really need is a good horror story. <laughs> and I was thinking somebody that could talk in the horror story. I was thinking, you know, Bram Stoke. And I thought Mary Shelley. So Ooh. I thought Mary, Mary Shelley would be a good one to talk through Frankenstein. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. This is weird enough so far. Yeah, this is a bit, a bit abstract, but I'm liking it. <laughs> so Darren Brown and Mary Shelley. And then the yeah. final one, the music. I was thinking, okay, so who's a great songwriter? But I was really I was close to Leonard Cohen, I've got to say. I was close to thinking Leonard Cohen. I think Scott Walker would be my, my amazing third one. I think also because he's had an interesting life. So again, conversation-wise. Brilliant, yeah. I thought yeah. Scott Walker would be great. I don't know Scott Walker. That's a, that's a bit of a new one on me. But so, uh, Yeah, just... Yeah, and also from a from a political point of view, sort of you know, going back to sort of what I do outside of work. Mm. I've always thought Scott Waters' songs were, were kind of my political songs as well, kind of get behind me. And uh, like that. my email address for you comes up as Vote Walton. I know it does. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know it's, that's, that's a very old one. Is Although, it? I think, yeah, I think this this year I'm really became a phone sort of district councillor as well. So, hey, God, how do you find time for all that? It's it's interested. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, well done you, well done you. So thank you very much for your time. If you're that busy, I really appreciate you giving the time up today to do that. It's been great catching up, and I will definitely make sure I come and see you at the next show or event I'm at if you're there. No, thank you. Thank you. If, Sorry if I've been a little October. bit croaky. I say I've got post NEC. Uh, it, so, mm-hmm. are you running? As, you're still running a lot as well, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. In fact, yeah, I've missed the last week because of this cold. I went this morning just to sort of get myself back into it. So, yeah. Have you got an event coming up? Wolverhampton 10K. Oh, that's quite a nice distance, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. about three or four weeks, I think that is. And then I've got an half marathon at Levington, which I like Levington. It's a good place to... Is it flat? Half marathon. It's not bad, actually, yeah. Uh, It's not... I, I never really like half marathon 10Ks where they're sort of more than one lap where you do the same thing. Oh, yeah, lines. yeah, that's boring. Yeah. yeah, the Levington one is you go right out into the sticks and then come back, which is really nice. Really, really nice run. So, looking right. forward to that. Oh, well done, you. I haven't got anything in the pipeline apart from the London to Brighton bike ride because I think cy- cy- I much prefer cycling to running these days. <laughs> but I ought, I ought to get out and start training for that, actually. But uh, cool. Right, lovely. Really good to speak Thank to you. you. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, and good luck with everything. And I'll see you again soon. See you later. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it and would really appreciate it if you could share it with as many people as possible. Even better, please give me a five-star review in iTunes. It would be a great help. If you'd like me to interview you, want to suggest someone to interview, or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, or want to get in touch with me for any reason, please drop me a line at john at rawlingscommunications.com or message me on Instagram at rawlings underscore comms. Thanks very much. Bye for now.